Kauri Masters, born and raised in Rotorua. As a child, he sat at the legs of his kuia, who recognised that from a young age, he had the talent for weaving. To Kauri, it wasn't an art form, it was just part of everyday life. And I remember I'd make kites for my teachers and I would be excused out of class because they knew that I could do it. Te Kanawa Narotata, born and bred in Takapo in the central Hawke's Bay, took an immediate liking to kapahaka or Māori performing arts, helped along with visits to the small community by urban-based kapahaka groups. In Takapo, we are... It's quite, the whare tūtaua is quite active, so that's one of the bases uh, that, that they used to come in Wānanga at Aumarae, so Te Ropu Manutaki used to come down quite a lot. They were the, the main ones that I used to see as a child. Ngā Manu Pirere. The name itself, Manu is bird and Pirere is fledgling. It's the name of an award given out annually at Creative New Zealand's Te Wakatoi Awards. It's a fitting name in that it's for Māori emerging artists. Tonight I'm with Kori Masters and Te Kanawangarotata who talk about their work and the people who have influenced and shaped their thinking. This is Tiahika on RNZ. I'm Justine Murray. Matatini when most intermediate pupils are learning about art or woodwork, Corey was taught weaving by his nannies. He has links to Te Arawa, Whakatohia and the Cook Islands. Corey learned the tikanga or protocols of weaving from an early age. So we were raised here. Uh, my kuia was always doing it, seeing her doing it. Um, we were living around it so we never knew anything else. Um, we used to cut flax. I thought it was something, um, I thought it was embarrassing because no one else my age had to do that. We were sent out of school to go help <laughs> someone cut flax and you're like, oh, shame, because we used to live right by our school. Yeah. yeah. Which school was that? Um, Kaitao. Western yeah, Heights, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I remember I had to make kites for my teachers and I would be excused out of class because they knew that I could do it. You must have had very rigid fingers to be that young and oh. weave. I used to go around and follow my nana. She used to have friends, weaving friends, and go to different people's homes. And yeah. How old were you? Um, well, I can't remember, but I know that I was definitely by intermediate, I was doing weaving, yeah. So what's that, 11, 12? Yeah, 11, 12, yeah. But I remember before that too. Uh, yeah. What was your first creation from Harakiki? Oh. Kete um, kumara, kete pipi. So it was, uh, it was nothing flash. We we never ever thought we were doing art. It was always something. Someone needed a basket to go to the beach, or someone needed a basket for their shopping, or something like that. It 
It was his papa, or genealogy links to a long line of carvers, that inspired Corey to learn about the art form. So he studied at the carving school at the New Zealand Māori Arts and Crafts Institute. Before that, however, he was at a bit of a crossroads. On one hand, he wanted to pursue a different pathway, and on the other hand, his whānau encouraged him to carry on the tradition. The turning point was when I, um, f- oh, so when I went to high school, it sort of, I sort of let that sleep for a little while, have a rest, and I sort of focused on school, rugby, stuff like that. So you didn't take art, Western Heights, did you go to? No, Boys High. Oh, Boys yeah. High, oh, right, okay. Yeah. So you, um... Nah, didn't even do art, didn't know nothing about it. Um, oh, after high school, I was sent to Te Puya to carve. Under the tutelage of um, James Rickard, Clive Fugel, Albie Tepo, Tony Thompson. <clears throat> yeah, I was lucky to go there. But that was because um, in, on my father's side, we come down a, a, a line of carvers. So after school, I was wanting to get into um, conservation, Department of Conservation, but they sent me there. Ah, um, so it could have been this career or this career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I'm glad I went there, and that's when I seen how um, I seen art. You know, I seen it for art, not just something to do. Did you think I've been making that for years? <laughs> like when yeah. you first? Oh, you it was. It was nothing was foreign. Yeah, because carvings I'd seen that the marae, weaving was normal, but I yeah. They were doing it on a finer, oh, I don't know, they were just... On another level kind yeah, of thing, yeah, yeah, on yeah. another level. That's when I seen, oh, wow, you can make a go of this. <laughs> but one, I do remember sitting with a, a weaver. When I first went to Tepuya, there was a, a weaver, Auntie Nolene, there. And um, she's she's passed away now, but um, it was memories like that that really stuck with me, um, being able to weave with people like her, the old queers. There was a group of us, and I was the only male, and they were all poaru, all widows weaving. So you were welcomed into the yeah, circle. Yeah, I, I was lucky to be <laughs> amongst that type of um, weaver. Because that's yeah. like Carl Leonard, eh? He yeah, was yeah, kind yeah. of that yeah. whangai here, yeah, yeah. the tamariki, yeah. really. To, yeah, yeah. yeah so I was lucky I got a small bit of that too, yeah. Corey is studying towards a Bachelor of Māori Arts, and part of his research is centred on traditional pōtai, or headdresses. The base of the hat, according to Corey, was made of muka, and the top of the hat would be adorned with feathers and ornate designs. Corey says there's not much known about the portai, but he's on a mission to change that. I had a hunger to, to try and, um, I don't know, look what I could do to help, or just to grow the arts. And uh, a thing that I, um, I remember looking at photos of, um, old photos of around here and the Rangatira like Mita Taupopuki, Tutane Kaitaua, and they used to wear feathered hats made of kiwi feathers and all sorts of other feathers. And I um, wanted to sort of awaken that um, hat culture that we had sort of lost for, uh, not lost, it's just sleeping, yeah. 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 And so are they called Pōtai Taua? Um, it's a, that's a sort of a generic name, I think. Uh, I don't think Pōtai Taua was the name given, it didn't umbrella all the hats. I think there was specifically ah. one type of hat. So there's many other hats, but I think Pōtai Taua was a, its own type of hat. So you're doing a bit of research, yeah. are you? Talking to yeah. all the elders? Yeah, a lot of kōrero tukuiho. 
uh, one thing, uh, there, there isn't much written documentation from like um, early settlers. Um, if it is, it's from a, a, a Pākehā point of view, not a Māori point of view, looking looking at it. So there's, um, there's not much writing about it. But So you went from just seeing, seeing a picture? And that, yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. catalyst for this? Yeah. But what describe the intricacies of a, of the portai that you one do? Of, one of the big um, differences for um, for making portai is the um, weaving in a circular, uh, uh, like when you do make kākahu, it's side to side. You're weaving from side to side. When you're making portai, it's around and around and around to build the to build your portai. Uh, a new sort of oh, not a new. It's it's old, but it's New for us. In Raranga, when you weave a kete, you could do it in circle, go around and around. But for Portai and Fatu with Muka, uh, yeah, it's pretty tricky. So a kete is made of harakiki, yeah. of flax. Yeah. It's a very fine thread, the Muka. So is the Portai made of Muka? Yeah, Muka, yeah. So the base is made of Muka, and then you attach feathers or vegetation. So the old ones that I've seen in museums are made Muka base. Uh, seaweed, seaweid were the more tangihanga, I found tangihanga type ones. What, what do you mean by tangihanga ones? The, the ones for mourning. So yeah. how we t- talked earlier about the different types of portai. Yeah, these ones for mourning, um, uh, happy occasions, oh, I'm guessing. And we're just going by from your research, yeah, your yeah, kōrero yeah, yeah. that you've collected. Yeah, that term whare portai for like um, te whare mate, te whare portai is another name for whare mate. And the people who are like... Um, so like the family, the, the, the kirimate, yeah. uh, te whare pōtai. They're the ones who should be wearing the the, whare, uh, the pōtai. And is that just the rangahau of Te Arawa? I think that's more tūhoi, um, te whare pōtai, yeah. And they look, um, they're quite weird looking, the older ones for tangihanga. They look like um, like little afro, little hats, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's just maybe a thesis or maybe. It's just an idea. It's like, you know, it looks like they chopped their hair without even chopping their hair. Do you get me? So it looks like they chopped their hair without... Cho- oh, so that's, that's, a hat that's over the hat. Their hair that looks like actually hair has been cut. It looks... It's black. It's black and looks like an afro. So you look at the person and it's like their hair's been cut and that's the actual portai. Yeah. The, if you've got a mate, you should wear that, the portai for until you use a finished grieving. So if he's going around the motu or whatever to hui's, you wear the portai so they know to, to mihi to they know you've got a dead. Otherwise, they wouldn't know that you you're carrying a, a mate. So I think it was a, a big part of our culture. He mea ko hoki e tana kui e kite nei mea kite raranga, kamutu mate nei tohu nei e afina tana rangahau ite nei mea te portai taua inara he tikanga tera no nati puna iroto nei o te arawa. E ki nei aia, no waku tūpona rā no tōku kaha, katoa waku mihi, he whakamihi ki a rātau. Kokori Masters. I think for the, my goal for the research is just to um, educate and sort of revive it, I guess. Like, it's too good to be just forgotten about. And, it, and it's something, if we want to reclaim our mana motuhake, I think... This, this is a big part of it. Um, reo, kai Māori, uh, all, of, all of this stuff. Kākahu Māori, whakaro Māori, it goes hand in hand, I think. 
Namanu Pirire Awards include a grant of $4,000 offered every year to Māori artists under the age of 25. The grant will go towards his research. If you look at all the Pacific Islands and, and, and that and where we come from, they've sort of maintained their, their headdress culture. And then when we sort of got here, Ahua Mimiti Tera Tikanga. When we so yeah. that kind of fizzled out yeah. that particular tikanga or practice. Yeah. Even wearing flowers, I think Maldives did too. Then you get those ones who play on um Victorian um tiaras. So they were very creative. They weren't just locked into I think they moved with the times. As in adopting modern yeah, times yeah, yeah. or Victorian times to yeah. kind of influence their tikanga. That's he looks, oh. He was famous for wearing his hats. Yeah. He uh, called it all that the family still hold about his and his uh, wearing hats. He, um, I think, uh, a tribe, of, uh, a chief from, from a tribe in America, mm-hmm. Native American, come over and they exchange headdresses. The two chiefs exchange headdresses and they become honorary chiefs of each other's tribes. He called it all like that, uh, uh, like gems to find to show what it meant and what the power of Pōtai. It's really interesting. It's really fulfilling, I, I find. Yeah. I, I would hate for this thing to really uh, be lost. I don't know whose um, writing I did read, and they, and they spoke of it as a... Uh, what was their words? Uh, they said it's a, it died along with our tupuna. And I was just taken back. I was thinking, how could you say that, eh? Such a bold statement. So I like to refer to it as a sleeping head culture waiting to be uh, uh, awoken. Yeah, awoken. Kia ora, Corey Masters. Kanawa Ngarotata was an artist with many feathers to his bow. He was raised in Takapo, attended Te Farekura o Hawani Waititi, and from there he went on to study law and te reo Māori at the University of Waikato. His pathway took another direction and he returned to Te Tairawhiti and studied at Toihaukura. There he learned about Tāmoko and considers Derek Lardelli as one of his mentors. As a past member of the Kapahaka group, Te Wakahuia, Te Kanawa recalls wise words from the late Ngāpō Wihi. Nā reira, ka hoki atu ki ngā kōrero, o te rangatira, o tō tātou kapahaka, ki te wāte o te hinengaro, me te pai o te rere o te wairua, ka tāia ngā mea katoa. Me mahi ngā mea katoa, i raro i te whakaiti, which means when your thoughts are clear and your spirit flows freely, you can achieve anything. Come on. Come on.
tīmatanga pēr māku, ko te pāhorehore te maunga, ko whātuma te roto, ko taki temu te waka, ngā te kahungunu te iwi, ngā te kikiri o te rangi te hapu, ko rākau tātahi te marae. I've always been interested in art. Uh, I was surrounded by it from a young age. My, my kuya, she was a painter. Uh, so it was, it was just always around. Uh, I've had a fascination with all Māori art, being you know, always at the marae. Uh, Kapahaka is another good place that it's pretty active, so you get to see it all in action, especially on the Kapahaka stage. All, all forms of Māori art are present at that time, so you have whakairo, uh, tāmoko pū, tāmoko, uh, raranga, tāniko, taonga puoro, mm. whaikōrero, so uh, I, I suppose it was inevitable that I was going to take this pathway. <laughs> Where did that kapahaka and inspiration come from? Was it purely your whānau? Yeah, so in Takapau, uh, it's quite the whare tutaua is quite active, so that's one of the bases uh, that that they used to come in Wananga at our marae. So Te Ropu Manutaki used to come down quite a lot. They were the, the main ones that I used to see as a child. That's the Peter Sharples Ropu yep, eh, from that's Auckland. Papa Peter's Ropu. Um, and whare tutaua is what? Um, uh, the whare tutaua is one of the Māori weaponry schools, I, I suppose. It's, yep. um, yeah, so Te Ropu Manutaki was always down. Uh, our home group. Tikikiri o te rangi, uh, they were always, you know, quite busy at the time, and I just used to like watching all my uncles at most of the tangihanga line up and do the haka. So those were my very early experiences of of kapahaka, I suppose. And yeah, when I grew up, went to Tauraro, so I got to see a lot more kapahaka in terms of the tamararo and all the tairafiti ropu. And then the East Coast Gisborne area, yep. Moved up to, to Auckland to attend Hwani Waititi for Wharekura. And then that's where it pretty much took off because that's when competition kicked in, I suppose, the whole polyfest. So I finished at Hwani Waititi when I was 17. Finished seventh form, thank God. And then I attended Waikato University for three years where I was studying law in Māori. I didn't, I didn't quite finish my law studies I uh, got a year and a half to finish. Uh, then I decided to head down to Toihokura to, to follow the arts because I I figured it wasn't the, the law studies that was keeping me up and waking me up early in the morning, and it was art, so I had to go and take a shot. And so how long were you at Toihokura for? finished at Toihokura last year. I was there for three years, completed my Bachelor of Māori Visual Arts. Yeah. It was a good, good experience at Toihokura. The calibre of teachers was 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 for high standards. We always had visiting artists such as uh, Shane Cotton, Manos Nathan, uh, Mark Kopua. There was always wānanga taking place there, so it was it was a good environment to be a part of. And you know, when you mentioned Manos Nathan, of course he's passed away. Manos Nathan, um, renowned ceramic artist. So, in this opportunity for someone as young as yourself. It must make you think about the ones who have really um, set that foundation eh, for upcoming artists. Yeah, uh, this generation of artists is very lucky um, because we've had people and pioneers such as Manos that have paved the way and created career opportunities for Māori art now to be on a platform with other fine arts. And mm. you know, it was, for a long time, it was just considered museum sort of artefacts and 
So it's, it's, it's an exciting time ahead to be able to look towards our arts as a career opportunity. Is there a particular style that you have come to find your own? I've been practising a little while with tāmoko. Uh, I suppose that's my, my main sort of art form that I'm following. Uh, but I've just begun an apprenticeship with Rangi Kippa and learning a bit around whakairo and sculpture and design, so it's, it's opened up a whole new sort of area that excites me because it's now three-dimensional, the arts for me, because moko, it's, it's, it's cool, and it's always going to be cool, it's always, that's my heart, moko, but <laughs> now I've got something else to keep me I love me it how you awake. said it's cool. <laughs> and I mean, as we sit down here at this table in one of the hotels in Rotsuroi, of course, you, you have tāmoko, you have quite extensive tāmoko <laughs> on your arms here, um, te kanawa, so when you go from tāmoko to the wood, how was that transition? How are you finding that transition? Have you actually picked up the chisels? Yep. yep. Uh, it's, it's, it's quite a complicated little area for kairo and tāmoko. There's always debate you know, that, that takes place. It's like the chicken and the egg. Like, which, which one's the tuakana? Well, you know, Makopua and Rangi, they started carving then tāmoko. Yeah, yeah. so um, I suppose they just work in tandem with one another that you know, they always have a crossover and when you're stuck with something, I suppose, in whakairo, then you just look back to moko to be able to solve the problem, I suppose, or vice versa. So it's, it's cool, yeah. It kind of sounds like to me that you are willing to kind of give, if, if it comes into your mind, you're kind of willing to give it a go. You've been like law studies and then arts and, and tāmoko. Is that, is that kind of how you... You're versatile. Yeah, so I, I just like to try whatever I can and whatever's available. So I suppose I'm just a tutu and I just <laughs> like to experiment with different mediums, um, different resources, and I'm just always open to learn more things because I'm just a curious person. Yeah. Te Kanawa graduated with a Bachelor of Māori Visual Arts from Toi Haukura. He works under the tutelage of carver, tāmoko artist and sculptor Rangi Kipa. Te Kanawa says receiving the scholarship was also about giving back to his whānau. I was wrapped, uh, why I was wrapped is because my baby, she, she misses out quite a bit, a, bit, a bit of time because I'm always gone and doing mahi and it's not quite a guaranteed sort of suppose income but being able to show her on a on a level like this is it's humbling for me to just let her know you know dad's been working and so yeah and it just all makes it worthwhile all the the journey and all the ups and the downs it's sort of gives gives it a bit of mana I suppose now I'm glad that I know that I'm on the right track Ko kake puku me pātangatanga, me hehanei te maunga, ko puera keirunga, ko whatsumā keiraro. Hoi anō, ko te tangata e whai mai nei hei, hei tāna, kei te tino waimaria rawātu aia, ki te noho i waingnui i ōna pākeke, ki te wānanga, ki te ako, ki te whai i tēnei mea te mātauranga. Kua hau nei wōna rongo i tāna tohungatanga ki te tā moko, ki te whakairo whakarākei me te kapahaka. He kāwhiro a te kanawa no te whare tūtaua e mahi tahi anaia ki te tohunga whakairo nei. 
kia rangi skipper. Nā reira, tēnā, kia whakarongo tātou ki ngā kōrero a te kanawa ngaro tata. I spend a lot of time away from home. That's the biggest sacrifice of, of this huarahi is dedicating time. And one of the most important things I miss out a lot on is, is my baby. And she's, she's here today, and I, I, I missed her cross-country, but she won. So if we'd like to give a round of applause. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stop talking now because I haven't... I'll start going off track. Ingari, Ngāti pro, Ngāti kahungunu, Ngāti mani apoto, tēnei ahau, e mihi nei. I look to... The environment, so our tayo, mm. it's important because a lot of our, our, our symbols, patterns, designs, they all sort of come or they've originated from some aspect of nature. So it's, it's good being able to relate to certain patterns such as puhoro, uh, the koru, the kape, and, and just knowing the, the story behind it gives it a bit more weight and a bit more wairua to mm. be able to produce your works yeah, nature's a, a big inspiration. What's the kapi? Um, uh, the kapi, I know the it's, it's, the, it's like a, a suppository, so you have a rua, it's like a rua kumara, or oh. the kapi is like the little hollowed out part in the, the core whaiwhai. In recent months, tāmoko, traditional Māori tattoo, has been reported in the media. Patrick Salmon received tāmoko at a wānanga, or gathering at Titiko. His tāmoko, however, looks like mokokauai, a tāmoko on the chin, normally reserved for women. The artist who gave it said it was incomplete and oversees intellectual property rights. Who owns tāmoko? Is it the wearer or the artist? As a young practising tāmoko artist, Te Kanawa shares his views. Yeah, I suppose he's, he's got his whakaaro, um... I can understand when he was saying it wasn't finished because as part of a mataora or a male facial moko, there is a wahanga in there known as the pūkauai, which he is wearing. Um, and I understand in times of old, you used to do your moko mataora in stages, so different achievements throughout your life or you know, different statuses. If you've changed from a tauira to a tohunga, that's when you'd get, you know, your your tifano, your motoi, your motoi done. So I suppose he's just going through stages in his life where, for now, it's just a pūkauai. I suppose it's always going to be a touchy subject. Our our arts being exposed to a, a commercial sort of, like exposed on that platform. But I think it's it's good because it's still creating, you know, conversation. It's still creating. Uh, problems, I suppose, but it's alive. It's 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 good. Um, it's a bit different, I suppose, when other people do it on a on a big scale and just sell it off, because they they're not taking into consideration the whole um, understanding of what what they're doing, like connecting with nature, knowing what the puhoro is, and knowing what you're getting put onto your body.